my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Radio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub star Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again for this week's iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is my favorite part of the week. It's when I get to sort of put tools down, take a half an hour and talk to a creator that has turned his or her attention toward this very, very cool exploding medium of podcasting. We started to do these speaker series about a year ago when the whole world was kind of moving into quarantine. We weren't talking as much to each other. We were a little more isolated in our houses and we wanted to keep talking every week with the people we make content with and explain why, what kind of content we're making, especially through the lens of podcasting. 
And this has turned into a really cool series of conversations. We've got to talk to people from Malcolm Gladwell to Bowen Yang to Charlemagne the God. Today's guest literally needs no introduction, but we are super, super grateful, Paris, for you to hang out with us for an hour and talk about this new partnership with iHeartRadio. So thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good to see you. So one of the cool things about podcasting is that Nobody started out yet, at least. The medium is too sort of new as a podcaster. We all do so many other things in our lives. And it means that when we come and sit down and talk about the content we want to make, or in your case, the podcast we want to launch, we all bring so much different experience to the table. We did different jobs. We had different upbringings. We come from different places. That'll change, right? Like in 50 years, there'll be like a college degree you can get for podcasting and it'll all get very boring and predictable. But in your world, like when somebody sits you down and says, hey, what do you do? How do you answer this question? With me, I do so many things and I feel so blessed to get to do everything I love. So I'm a CEO of Paris Hilton Entertainment. I also am a designer. I'm writing my third book, so I'm an author. I am a DJ, I'm a model. I'm a podcaster, <laughs> I'm an activist and a philanthropist. Yeah, I just feel just lucky that I get to do so many things that I love. So a million things going on. And then around March, 2020, the world changes in a big way. We all become, like I was saying, a little more, a little more reclusive, a little less accessible. And it's a big, broad question, but in terms of, first of all, business, your day-to-day -day work, how has quarantine changed your life? For better, for worse, new challenges, new opportunities? Like, what's it been like? Oh, it's just changed drastically. I was used to, the past 20 years, traveling over 250 days out of the year. So I, this is the first time I've been stuck in one place for over a year now. But I've really just had this time to really reflect on my life and what's important to me and my priorities. And also realizing I can do so much work from home, you know, with technology and with Zoom and just everything available to us today. I don't know, I get much more done in a day than I would usually with not having to, you know, fly somewhere or driving traffic and just doing like 20 meetings on Zoom a day. So it's, I don't know, it's been obviously a difficult time around the world and it's a very scary time, but I always try to see the silver lining and I feel like I needed this break. I needed to stay home because it's just been way too much for too long. And now I can finally just appreciate how hard I've worked and what I've worked for and enjoy it instead of just traveling around the world too much. I find that like during the last year, we were just talking about this before we hopped on live on the stream. A few of us were talking about all the shows we're binging on our favorite streaming platform of the day. I'm watching and consuming so much more stuff faster. What about you? Do you feel the same? And if so, like, what's the latest show you've been watching on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever? And why? Yes, I definitely have never watched so much TV in my life, <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I really am loving the show Shit's Creek because it just reminds me of the simple life and they're just so hilarious. And Dan is just a genius. And I just think the show is phenomenal. So that's been like my, my binge. That's awesome. So you then got into podcasting, right? And then we'll work backwards toward like the documentary that I think there's a through line between you doing the documentary and then getting into podcasting just a little bit. But 
the thing that really made us sit up straight and listen to this idea that was awesome was I don't want to just launch a podcast. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you were sort of looking at this medium as someone who is extremely good at social media, treating it as a platform, a content distribution medium and saying, why is podcasting the way it is? Why is it so predictable? Why do you publish episodes so regularly like TV? Why not treat podcasting a little bit more like social media where there can be voicemails or what we sort of coined pod posts? Maybe just talk through that a little bit. Like this goes to the first question a little bit, but like you're coming to this fresh. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of other kinds of content and a lot of other kinds of mediums. When you looked at podcasting, what was it about it that you said, I think I could probably break that format a little bit in a good way. And here we go. What what led to that? Well, just during this time in quarantine, I had literally never even listened to a podcast in my life before this. And then just during this time, I started listening to a lot of them and just enjoying them because I'm always someone who's multitasking and doing a lot at once. So I love that you can just have it playing in the background, you know, while you're doing art or, you know, going through papers or whatever you're doing with your work. So I like that you don't have to watch, you can just listen. And I just, I don't know, I feel that me being just fresh and new at this is something interesting as well, because I'm not following a format. That's not someone I've been my whole life. I always like creating new things and being the first. And that's why I was excited when we were speaking and talking about the pod post and just doing it in a new way that no one's ever done it before. And also I just have so many incredible relationships with so many of my friends and just people in the industry. And, and that makes a very interesting conversation because I've been interviewed a billion times and I don't know, just some interviewers I just don't trust. So I don't open up to, but I just feel like the past couple of weeks, just speaking to all my guests, it's like two friends talking instead of, you know, being interviewed by someone that you don't trust. So that, and also I've never been so open in my life. For my documentary, I really showed myself in ways I never had before and I was so vulnerable. And I think that's important to show your truth. And now I'm an open book. I have nothing to hide and I can talk about everything and I feel just comfortable and proud of the woman I am today. And uh, it's a very exciting time. This has been, I've never been in a better place in my life and I'm just so excited. And I love working with you guys at iHeart. When you walked into the documentary project, it feels like this was, again, I don't, I don't want to assume, but it feels like looking at it from the outside and reading a little bit about it. The documentary maybe started as one thing and it became a whole other thing. It became like, okay, this was always going to be a little bit about this, but now let's just go there. Let's become a very honest, very genuine take on your life, your person. And Maybe just talk through that process because I'm not sure everybody listening or watching knows that making that film was a process. It was like, oh, wow, now this is the subject of this film. Uh, Troubled teens and how they're dealt with in the United States and how they're not dealt with great in the United States suddenly became a thing. Maybe just talk through how you, again, I don't want to assume, but sort of uh, realized what it was all about as you were making it and maybe how that felt. Well, the original premise of the film is... I just wanted to show who I truly was. I felt that there were so many misconceptions and people didn't really, I don't know, just know who I really was and just all the hard work that I've put into building my empire and 
I just felt like a lot of people just assumed I was that character from The Simple Life, you know, playing the ditzy blonde. And I was just sick of that narrative and I wanted to tell my story. But I had no idea that I would go so deep. Things I talked about in this film were things that I had buried these emotions for so many years since I'm a teenager and were just so traumatic and painful that I didn't even want to think about them. And then during the process of filming, I just became so close with the director, Alexandra Dean, and we had this sister relationship where I felt that I could open up to her about anything. Even with that, when I started opening up to her about my nightmares and what I'd been through, I said, I don't want this in the movie. I don't want anyone to know. This is something that I promised myself when I got out of there as a kid. I will never talk about this again. No one's ever going to know. And I thought I would keep that promise, but I'm so grateful that she really pushed me to open up because it's been the most healing experience of my life. And now I'm making such huge changes. And I just passed a bill two days ago in Utah to stop children from being abused, to stop restraints, to stop just so many things that happened to me as a kid. And just to know that because I'm using my voice, that I'm saving kids from going through what I had to go through is just is one of the most just amazing and empowering feelings I've ever had in my life. And I'm just so proud. Where was the moment in the making of the movie where you sort of sat down with the director and said, okay, I've shared this stuff with you. I wasn't gonna put it in the movie because I didn't really want it to be out there, but okay, let's do it. Was that a terrifying moment or was it like terrifying, but then immediately super liberating? Like, what was that moment like? These things come down to minutes, right? It's not like you, at some point you gotta make a call. What was that minute like? It was very difficult because I told her all of this when we were in South Korea. I just opened up to her there and then I kept saying I don't want this part of the film. And then she ended up contacting Catherine, who I went to the school with, and the other girls. And then I started doing all this research and seeing that it is still happening today. And that's when I said, you know what, I have to say something because if I don't say something, I don't know who will. And maybe I was given, you know, God gave me this platform and this gift so that I could go and use my voice to help others. So I just try to think of it that way and I'm so happy I did. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. 
Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you lead to this thing called a podcast. It's funny. We've had conversations with folks like Pete Buttigieg. I mentioned Bowen Yang, who's, for my money, the funniest guy on Saturday Night Live right now, and several others. And it's funny the way they talk about podcasting. They talk about it as their one moment of the week when they can actually just be themselves. Bon Yang is an amazing comedian. He is in that SNL grind right now, and he feels like he started a podcast just to do a fun thing, but now it's become his sort of respite every week. Pete Buttigieg had a different take on it where he was like, you know, this was before he was appointed to Biden's cabinet, and now he has a proper day job. But he was sort of like, I just want to do a medium where I can say my piece. I'm not rushing up against an ad break. The conversation's over when it's over, and that's great. He's like, I'm coming off a campaign trail that's been brutal and 24-7. Do you feel a little bit the same about podcasting? Do you feel like when you have those conversations with your friends that we turn into interviews, does it feel unrushed and free creatively like that? Or how does it, what's it like? I was so nervous the first time we did the first episode because I had never done this in my life. So I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And then I'm, I'm so happy that we have Hunter March as my co-host because he is just so funny and so cool and down to earth and just real and makes me feel so comfortable. So that really helps. And also just being at home doing it is very comforting. I, I'm so used to speaking to my friends like out at clubs or parties or events. So it's totally different to like be on Zoom together. After doing like the first like five minutes to the first episode, I immediately was like, I was born to do this. Like, this is <laughs> Just like being able to talk and say whatever you want and control the conversation and, and not having to worry. Like I've for so many years, you know, for being in this industry so long for, I don't even 20 something years and doing interviews and every time walking in somewhere and just 
always being on guard and always being scared. Like, what are they going to ask me next? Are they going to be mean? Are they going to make fun of me? Like, I was so insecure before going into interviews. So with this, I want it to be like a safe place for my friends to come and talk about whatever they want. And that's how it's been so far. People are really opening up in ways that I've never, ever seen them do on any interview show ever. So that makes me happy. I can be that place for people to come and talk and just be themselves. It's incredible. Like we didn't start making podcasts a long time ago to create this kind of a safe space for people, but I keep hearing this. We started a network last year with Charlemagne the God, right? He's one of the guys on The Breakfast Club every morning. He's just an incredible talent. And we started this network with him called The Black Effect. The entire point of the network is just to make a very cool support platform for black podcasters because there wasn't one really in podcasting. And I kept hearing the same thing. It's like we have this space now to create unapologetically black content whatever they think that might mean in whatever genre they're working in, whether it's comedic or sports or whatever, it's just an interesting through line that I keep hearing that this medium has become for creators. I think that carries through to how people listen to it too. I think that that authenticity, that genuineness, these words that get used a ton in media, but don't really mean what we think they mean in podcasting might actually mean that. But it brings me back to like this concept of layers in people and I think that you are a particularly incredible example of this that has, again, I don't want to assume, but worked hard to cut through these layers and get down to bedrock. Like I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a friend to some people. Sometimes I run a podcast network at a place called iHeartMedia too. But all these things are roles in a way that I don't really like it that I have to play different roles, but we were forced into these versions of ourselves there was a moment where you said on a recent episode like you were watching an episode of a reality tv show that you had made ages ago almost like a third party watching yourself on screen though like maybe just talk about that for a sec because it's mind-blowing about it really speaks to this notion of like as humans we role play and sometimes that's okay but sometimes it's not and you got to cut through it and get to bedrock what was that moment like for you when you watched yourself? You're like, oh, God, what was I doing? Or were you like, that's okay. It's another part of me. What was I like? Yeah, especially during this time at home, I my, started showing my fiance The Simple Life because he's like intellectual, venture capitalist. He does not watch reality TV at all. So I just wanted to show him the show and he loved it. So it was fun to watch. Some moments I'm cringing. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm wearing that. I can't believe I said that. But it was like watching another person. And I was another person because before that, like I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I only recently discovered that through all the healing I've been doing after my film. It was just interesting to watch, just to see, to know also, like when I'd be like, oh, what's Walmart? Do they sell walls there? And I just look at myself, I'm like, you knew exactly what Walmart was. Like I've never been a dumb blonde. I'm just very good at pretending to be one. It's just interesting to watch and just see how much I've grown as well. And was there a part of you where like you regretted, I don't want to say the words, making that character? Were you like, man, I wish I had played that differently? Or were you just, are you comfortable looking at it and just saying, it was a character? I get it. That's, we all do this all the time. How do you process that now? In the beginning for a while after, you know, I didn't realize the show would go on for so many seasons and I'd have to continue playing that character over and over again. 
so it was also like a mask almost because I had been through so much and right. I kind of wanted to like portray this fantasy kind of like Barbie doll life, which really wasn't how I felt inside. And I've always been a naturally shy person. So that kind of helped me as well, because I was like, this is not me, it's someone else. But it would annoy me when people would just underestimate me and think I was really that person. But now people understand that I was playing into the character and it was all an act. If I hadn't played that character, the show wouldn't have been the huge success it was because people wanted to see that. That's what America wanted to see at that point. So I just played into it. And now people realize that I was actually a lot smarter than they thought. It's kind of incredible. I mean, was there a moment where you felt like you were growing way out of that character? You were much more than that. And the broadly speaking entertainment industry was holding you back, was like, no, we just want you to be this thing. And you were like, guys, that's not a thing. That's a ma That's a show. I'm over here. Was there that push and pull a little bit for a few years? Definitely. But then I just got kind of just used to it because yeah. just what everyone expected for so long. But now I'm happy that it's not that way anymore. What was it like to interview your Carter on the, on the podcast? Carter's your partner, your fiance. What, what was that like? Was that the most nerve wracking interview or the easiest? It was so easy because we're here at our home and just we are so close. He's my best friend. He's my everything. And he's the type that will not do interviews at all. So I was very grateful for him to do his first interview with myself. And it was just such a sweet conversation. And just, I fall in love with him more and more every day. And especially just hearing the way he speaks about me and just, I don't know, I just, I love him so much. So I'm very happy that he did the show. We can sort of close out on where we're going. You've set this thing up with iHeartRadio, our company, to build not just, and I think this is the coolest way to work with creators that have a lot of ideas like yourself, never just one, is a slate of shows. It's very similar to how we set up our relationship with Will Ferrell. We started out with a show called the Ron Burgundy Podcast. It's really funny. We just started production on on season, I think we're up to season four or five now. Um, a few days ago, we did the same with Shonda Rhimes. She wanted to make a lot of podcasts. She wanted to try a lot of ideas across the next three years. So we set up a slate. With you, it was similar. You and your team were like, well, we have a a pretty clear idea on what the first one is. It's probably born out of the documentary and spirit, and then we'll take it from there. But it also gives you a chance to executive produce a lot of stuff, to try new shows. And we'll back to Will Ferrell, he seems to be using this slate to break new comedic talent almost, like a little mini audio version of Saturday Night Live, like trying people fast, see if it works. What do you think about the medium? How are you going to use it as an executive producer? What other kind of folks are you looking to bring up on stage, as it were, and give their own shows across the next few years? We've just been developing all these ideas now, and I love being able to share my platform with others. And that's why I'm so excited about it, because there's so many people who would deserve to get that attention and be on that platform. So it's exciting to find people who are interesting, who are brilliant, who, you know, either celebrity or someone who's maybe not, who just does something that I think when you hear them speak, it's something that people are gonna really want to listen to and speak about just things that are important that are happening in the world and also a huge focus on women empowerment. I really want to show those women entrepreneurs and, and I'm just all about girl power and that's something I'm very excited for as well. And also just talking about, I don't wanna like tell the surprises, but there's one that we are, 
basically almost done with and we have the girls who are going to be talking on it and it's about a really important subject close to my heart so stay tuned well listen i genuinely appreciate you taking out a half hour to talk to us but more broadly just thanks for the partnership i think that this is a medium that's really good at the stuff that we've been talking about it's good at transparency honesty that's why i think you have these super fans of podcasting that keep coming back and growing and it feels like a medium that you are hitting at exactly the right time in your life too if that makes any sense so just deeply appreciate you being in partnership with us there are teams and teams of people you work closely with folks like amy and danielle on our production side are just awesome but there's dozens behind them that are just incredibly psyched to be in partnership with you guys. So I really appreciate it, Paris. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud to be a part of the iHeart family. But thank you guys for listening. Next week, please come back. But Paris, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Stay well, stay safe. We will talk soon and everybody tune in and download. This is Paris. It's available everywhere. Thank you guys. Thank you. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.